How about now? There we go. Good morning and peace be with you. I am late yet again, so without further ado, uh, we will bring up Susan for the announcements that are fit to announce, and we'll get started. Thank you, Susan. Good morning, everybody. It's nice Good to see morning. you. Um, the announcements are pretty full. Um, our, our mission goal this uh, month is will be sent to the Lutherans for Life, which will help to um, equip Lutherans and our neighbors um, to be gospel-motivated speakers of, uh, for life. Uh, Sit and Be Fit continues on Tuesday. Um, we have Bible studies uh, Tuesday at noon for, for anyone who wants to come in the men's Bible study on Saturday mornings. We really do need uh, some help with Ash Wednesday, so uh, there's a sign up in the back. If there's any way that you can help at all, um, just go ahead and sign up. That would be really appreciated. We have a list of people that are homebound in the back, and uh, we also have a, a new um, directory of phone numbers and addresses for active members. And um, so if you, if you need one or would like one, please pick one up. It's on the table in the back. Um, we're going to be tenting the office building and the fellowship hall next next week. Actually, not this not this week. At the following week. Okay, Monday the fifth through the seventh. So there'll be no the office will be closed. The termites will be gone, and Ashley will have a lot of work to do on Wednesday. So. Um, and then, um, I, as always, there's a, a section in the um, in our bulletin where we can uh, um, uh, we where we can share our praise reports. And if you have something that you would like to share, just make sure that Ashley knows. You can put it on a blue card uh, or send an email to Ashley or give her a phone call, and she'll make sure that that gets put in there. Also, the um, donor statements should have been out today, and I apologize, they're already they're on my desk. Uh, they just have to jump into the envelopes that are assigned to them. And um, that's, they're not doing that, I have to do that for them. So, um, they will be, if you need one, if you need your donor statement today, uh, please let me know and I can hand it to you. Otherwise, they'll, they'll be available next Sunday, okay? All right, thank you so much. It's a blind, gathers around 
its head sublime When the woes of life O'ertake me Hopes deceive And fears annoy Forsake me, lo, it glows with peace and joy. Lo, it glows with peace and joy. By the cross are sanctified Peace is there that knows no measure Joys that through all time abide Joys that through all time abide Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us 
renew us and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O 
Almighty God, you know that we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The uh, first reading today is from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, sorry about that. Chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, found on page 302 in the Pew Bible. It's uh, Moses talking to the people, telling them of a coming prophet for them to pay attention to and listen to. So Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 20. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see his great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. <clears throat> we'll read Psalm 111 responsively, uh, printed in your bulletin on page 6. Psalm 111. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord in, with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, and acted in faithfulness and uprightness. <clears throat> he provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. <clears throat> now this next reading is taken from the first book of Corinthians, 
chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. It can be found on the Pew Bible on page 1780. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I had to read this thing several times before it really got through, and I had to go into the definitions in my Bible that uh, helped understand it, because at the end it gets a little bit twisty if you read it, and, uh, and uh, it, it just takes a little bit of getting used to uh, how, what he's trying to say here exactly. And Paul does have a way of twisting words around. And so if you don't quite get it here, I encourage you to look at a definition Bible and, and read through it again because it'll answer a lot of questions for you. Or talk to your pastor. Yeah, or talk to your pastor, which I did this morning, <laughs> which is why he was late. So, so anyway, uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 13. Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge. But knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. But whoever loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and from whom we live, and there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your right does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fail. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. shall we go you have the words of eternal life hallelujah the holy gospel according to saint mark from the first chapter glory to you o lord our gospel this morning <clears throat> comes from saint mark chapter 1 verses 21 through 28, and can be found on page 1553 
of your pew Bible. It is recorded that they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. On uh, the way this morning, David and I saw a real common uh, window sticker. Most people don't use bumper stickers anyways, anymore, so it's on the back of their window. You remember when all the craze was this, you know, the ichthys, you know, and all that, and um, there was kind of a, a story that went with that. I mean, in the Bible, um, the, the image of fish and fish is used a lot, is it not? I mean, one was a big fish that swallowed a guy. We talked about that a little bit ago. The other was the feeding of, of thousands, 5,000. Um, there was a fish that even had a coin in its mouth. You remember all that? So, I mean, fish, 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 fish. And then there's this kind of this idea that um, in the first three centuries of the Christian church, the persecution was so bad that they said, somebody said, it's, it's they said, whoever they are, and that is that Christians could be standing around, you know, with their staff, and they could be talking, and one guy might make half a fish, and then if the other guy did the other half of the fish, he'd be going, oh, all right, it's kind of like a, a bumper sticker. If it wasn't, uh, if they didn't know what it meant, and there was no harm, no foul. So today, David and I are driving, and I see one of these. You guys seen this thing? And I always thought it was hecky. I'm like, what the heck is that, hecky? And so David and I are driving on uh, the 5 to switch over to the 405, and there's this part that's a big sweeping turn, and it's, you're at speed, and, or you should be, and you're going, making this kind of sloping uh, left turn, and I see hecky. I go, stay in your lane, hecky. You know, witness well. And, uh, oh, I love that sound. Oh, baby girl. I'll almost be done. Um, but stay in your lane, hecky. And, and, and Dave and I both started laughing. Do you guys know what this means? Raise your hand if you do. Don't shout it out. You know what? Okay, most people don't. So this may be new news to you. But this is not hecky. I thought it was a backwards K. 
you know, and I thought it was, David thought it was like a glove company, and I thought maybe it was snowboarding or something, but it is he, and that is greater than, greater than, oh, I did it backwards, didn't I? <laughs> Math, it's hard. Well, that is new news, so it should be the other way. He is greater than I, hecky. So, here's my point. There is new news out there all the time. Sometimes it's not new at all, for we know that we see this all over the place. And it may have some news that is attached to it that may or may not be true. Or we have this news that could be flat out false. And we could go, oh my gosh, that's new news. Well, the difference is, is that I don't speak that with authority. And the only time that I speak with authority, and I emphasize that today, as you're called an ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. So when somebody's speaking from the pulpit or anywhere else, and you have a biblical view, look for the authority into it. Now the sermon. New. So what does it mean to be new? That may seem like kind of an inane, and after that presentation, a redundant, nebulous question. But it's not hard to figure out. We use the word all the time. And I think it's safe to say that we all have a pretty good grasp and understanding of what it means to be new. And yet, how often do we still misuse the word? Let's just think about how often you've heard something brand new to your ears that really wasn't new at all. Just because the message is new to us doesn't mean that it's a new message, right? And that's how I'm going to teach the gospel lesson this morning. Here is the scene of the gospel. Jesus is in the local synagogue. He's teaching and he's preaching. And even before the demon-possessed man tried to disrupt the worship service, we're told that the people were astonished by Jesus' teaching because he taught them with authority and not like the other teachers and preachers. And this was all brand new to the people. They had never heard such a message. They had never heard such a message proclaimed with such authority. How new and mysterious this worship experience was to them. And before we go any further, we need to clarify what this means. It does not mean that Jesus simply was brash or bold or loud or forceful. That would be power in action. That would be the the strongest, the loudest voice commanding all the attention. And that's often 
what we witness today in our world. In our world, the loudest voice calls the shots, even if the loudest voice is in the minority and flat out wrong. The loudest voice wins. And that's not what this text means when it says that Jesus taught with authority. Authority is different from power. You know, any child may have the power to change their grades. Back when I was little, there were some that would put an extra leg on the F to make it an A. And today, there's kids that can change their grades with a computer, but it does not mean they have the authority to do so. When Jesus taught with authority, he was teaching, this is the word of the Lord. And you see, the, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, they did not teach that way. They taught in matters of opinion and of conjecture. They were more concerned about what different rabbis and their commentaries had to say than what God had to say. And a typical sermon in those days might sound something like this. Well, Rabbi Smith said this about this portion of Scripture, as did Rabbi Jones. However, Rabbi Whitney, on the other hand, wrote this commentary. Let us consult yet another commentary to see what the other rabbi's commentary had to say about these differing commentary opinions. Honestly, would you get anything out of such a teaching? That's not authoritative. Not in the least bit. It is not authoritative teaching. It's simply reading over a number of different opinions. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's to say? This is what set Christ's teaching apart from everyone else's. This is the word of God. You can almost hear the people say, I've never heard that before. And I'll be honest with you. That's one of the greatest compliments. I've never heard that before. That's the greatest compliment that you can pay to a pastor. I love to hear it. I especially love to hear it from lifelong cradle-to-grave Lutherans who are not too proud to admit that they've never heard certain things before. I love to hear it. Not because I taught you something radically new, but because it means that God is doing exactly what he promised. That is, he is creating and sustaining faith through the hearing of his word. I love to hear this because it means that you actually heard the authoritative teaching of the Word of God Himself. A Word which is so often stifled nowadays in favor of differing opinions and feelings and emotions and agendas. And that brings us to the, to the crux, to the, to the point that I want to make today. This is God's Word. What you see and hear 
and receive today all comes to you by the command. And you heard that. And with the authority of Christ Jesus himself. So just so you know, there is nothing new here today. And just because you may not have heard it before doesn't mean that it's brand new. It's not brand new. Maybe you were never taught it. Maybe you never listened. The teaching, the doctrine of repentance and the salvation by faith alone and God's grace alone because of Christ Jesus alone is not new. In fact, this authoritative law and gospel message of the word is eternal. It's just brand new to our sinful ears. So did you hear that? Take notice what the people say in today's gospel after Jesus heals the demon-possessed man. They said, a new teaching with authority. Did you catch that? A new teaching with authority. It's not a new teacher, but a new teaching. The divine healing authority wasn't in the messenger, but in the message. And at first glance, we see Jesus. And you could think this. You could think, well, of course, the demons responded to Jesus. He is Almighty God. You could think uh, that, you know, of course, he's there. They see him. They recognize him. They left. But guess what? This sort of thinking has a really, really tragic and sad way of working itself in today's ministry. The idea of that was then. That was with Jesus in the flesh. Today is different. Jesus isn't here. What makes you right and me wrong? What gives you the right to say so over me? That's the sad, slippery slope that some find themselves in. And in a word, an answer, authority. Not my authority, but Christ's authority. And I, as a called and ordained servant of Christ, Jesus, in his stead and by his command and authority, forgive you all of your sins. You know, you know that I don't have the power to forgive sin. That's why I say I declare. I don't have the power to make atonement for sin. Your sin, my sin, a single sin, let alone an eternity's worth of sin. Only Christ has this power. Power which he displayed on this cross when he proclaimed with all authority. He said, it is finished. My dear family in Christ, it is Christ's authority the authority of the Word of God Himself made flesh. It's that authority that confronts you and me in our sin. And it calls us to repentance. And it proclaims the joy and peace of complete forgiveness to you. Scripture says, Those who hear you hear me and hear the One who sent me. All authority 
in heaven and on earth has been given to me, authority which I now bestow upon you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my authoritative name, that is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Notice, we are not called to teach anything other than what Christ has commanded and taught. I'm not here to teach you about making a fish with my staff. We're here to teach what God's Word said when we read the words to David. Repent. You are that man. You are in sin. What you are doing is sinful in the eyes of the Lord. And that's not my opinion. That's God's authoritative word. Here's more of God's authoritative word. Baptism now saves you. 1 Peter 3.21 That is Christ's authoritative word. Christ's authoritative word. This is my body. This is my blood. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sin. That's not my opinion or my take on a particular message or passage. That is is Christ's authoritative word and promise. So we let the word do the talking. We let the word do the work. It is this word and this word alone that has the authority to bring about repentance and salvation. It is this word, this doctrine, this teaching that has the authority to kill the old Adam, and to make alive the new who is resurrected in Christ. God keeps his promises. His word does not return to him void and empty. It accomplishes what he purposes. So you just look around you today. Look around at all the reasons to give thanks we haven't really done anything radically new here, here at RLC. We simply let God work through word, through word in a sacrament ministry. That's it. There are no programs. There are no gimmicks. There are no smoke and mirrors, laser light shows, bounce houses or games or coffee shop goodies rock bands, and for a little while, no choir. Those things may have the power to make disciples, but disciples of what? Those things don't have the authority to make faithful disciples of Christ. Only his means of grace, his word, and his sacraments have that sort of authority. And ironically, shunning the popular models of ministry 
and simply letting God work does seem radical and new to most people. Just like it was for those folks that were gathered in the synagogue listening to Jesus. But it is not new. Not at all. It's just a new world that has been blinded and corrupted by the power of sin. Dearly beloved family in Christ, my prayer for you is that this life-giving, life-saving word of Christ, this word and teaching that alone has the authority to kill and to make alive eternally, has authority over you and all that you say and all that you think and all that you do. This teaching, this Word made flesh, does great and mighty things. Just look. Look all that He's done for us already. Just look at all that he's done and is about to do for us, his own body and blood, in just a few minutes. May your eyes and your ears of faith be opened anew so that you too can behold the joy of Christ in your midst, not doing anything new or anything different from what he's always done that is making us new and alive and complete in Him through His life-giving, His life-changing Word and sacraments. It is in His name and by His authority, in the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith together. The words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please pray with me. O oh, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we humbly come before you as your children to pray. You know the needs of each person here, and we acknowledge that we need you. We cannot do anything without you, Lord. There are many who need your healing touch, Lord. We lift up Debbie and Roger, Laura, Heather, the Hauk family, Carol, Paula, Hank, Jerry, Colton, Luke, Carla, and me, Lord. Jesus, you are the physician of our hearts, our bodies, our minds, and our emotions. We pray boldly for your will to be done in our lives. Lord, we lift up Pastor Ken and his family, and we pray that you would bless him, and we ask that you give him your perfect wisdom, guidance, peace, joy, and keep him healthy as he leads this church, Lord. Protect him and all church workers from the attack of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. We believe all of your promises. We belong to you, and nothing can separate us from your love. And we love you, Lord, and we praise you. You are so worthy to receive all of our praises. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. 
With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through our Christ, who, through Christ our Lord. Sharing your life, our life, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you. And for all people for the forgiveness of sins, do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Not new news, but by his authority, Jesus said, my body given for you, my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We take him at his word. And you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So therefore, this is a means of grace given to him by the perfect work that he worked for you and for me on that cross. If this is your confession, come. The table is prepared, and the usher will bring you forward.
I was thinking, uh, and I didn't mention at the beginning of the sermon, about window stickers and so forth. An authoritative, authoritative sticker would be simple. God's Word. Look up when you have a chance. Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. That's authority. That's not new news, but that is the good news. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I pray for your healing The circumstances would change I pray that the fear inside would flee In Jesus' name I pray that a breakthrough Would happen today I pray miracles over your life In Jesus' name In Jesus' name Oh In Jesus' name I speak the name of Jesus over you In your I pray that